It's issue number 44 of the Infinite Backlog, uh, a, a totally awesome and radical tour of the best and most noteworthy Marvel comics, because we are in the 80s. And if you don't like it, you can eat my shorts. <laughs> Nine years know. later, when Bart Simpson says it. <laughs> You're 10 years early. I don't know if Bart Simpson invents eats my, eat my shorts. He does invent do the Bart man, but I don't know that he invents eat my shorts. No, that would have been the goats. <laughs> Bart Simpson is the goat. Yeah, he is. I am the madcap helter skelter Andy, and with me are my co-hosts Shane of Vision in Skin Tight Silver. Yes, I am. And Rory, who is into disco and knows all the moves. I can I can boogie down, baby. <laughs> Today we've read Daredevil, X Men, and She Hulk, and these comics are going to take us from January through March of 1980. Which boy, it just feels really good to not have to say 70 anymore. And I have a collection of Andy's bummers that are actually—I don't even know if there's a single bummer in here. I couldn't find any bummers. This was like an okay few months from uh, 1980. The I fall know. of the American Empire. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but like in terms of noteworthy things Wikipedia tried to tell me about January, February, and March, it was, I don't know, it didn't seem, most of the things weren't that bad. Uh, here, the Far Side comic by Gary Larson shows up in newspapers for the first time. Whoa, what? That started in the 80s? Yeah, his weird cow humor Whoa. started quite a long time ago, 40 years ago. Uh, then we've got the Canadian caper that takes place, which is the uh, the events of the movie Argo. Uh, the sort of covert rescue of diplomats in Tehran. This one I'd forgotten about, The Miracle on Ice, which is a uh, a victory of the U.S. hockey team over the Soviet Union in the Winter Olympics, uh, which apparently in 1999, Sports Illustrated named the top sports moment of the 20th century, hmm. which seems like a little bit of an overstatement for a hockey game, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> yes, would you, me. Would you like awesome. a bummer? Would you like me to pitch you a bummer? Yeah, take it. Ronald Reagan runs for president. Well, okay, but that doesn't happen. I mean, it's probably happening, but no, the, like the, the campaign, yeah, the campaign yeah, starts the, in nineteen eighty. The campaign is happening, but like, <laughs> did it start in January? Yes. If you want a bummer, probably. Reagan's a Don't... bummer, and he's gonna be a consistent bummer from now through <laughs> most of the eighties. I don't know, you guys. He's really charismatic. I like him. I really like. <laughs> I think that he's just he's really charismatic and I think you should give him I think you should give him a chance. Yeah. And I hear he has a lot of really fun things to say about how if we keep reducing taxes year after year after year for rich people, that it'll eventually somehow question mark poor people question mark. I bet it's going to turn out really good. Um, also, I have one final thing, which is that my brother was born. And also, Jason Siegel was born. Is Jason Siegel my brother? I will never tell you. My brother was born too. We are our brothers the same person? 
I don't know, but I like I like that you <laughs> shorthanded that. Same and said, my my <laughs> brother was born too. That's so weird. <laughs> uh, you were born. I was born. What's happening here? What's happening between us, Shane? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm this is we're we're now in the 80s. This is the decade in which all of us were born, which uh is weird to think about, but I'm I'm once again, I don't know how many times I can underscore this. Once again, so pleased to never read a 60s or a 70s comic ever again. <laughs> With the caveat of Dracula that we talked about last time. But we we start out, we start out this week I threw in two issues of She-Hulk. Uh, I'll explain that in a second. But I'll, She-Hulk's first appearance is right at the top of 1980 here. And we read one issue, which was written by Stan Lee, and one issue which was written by the writers who were actually going to do this title. And that's why I kind of figured we we owed it to, uh, to She-Hulk to kind of see both. Um, okay. So okay. what did you... What did you... <laughs> Which, which, was like, which, which was which? You tell me which was which right now. The Stan first one was Stanley. Right? Stan yeah. was the first one because it's bad and by the numbers. <laughs> I mean, the second's not much better. So, so I these weren't not good comics, but I'll say I saw a little. I saw a little whatever you want to call it, magic in the in the in the soda can, like something mm-hmm. that could be like you know shaken up and eventually do something interesting. Yeah. I, yeah. I liked that she's kind of, I mean, in a way, we're sort of rehashing the Matt Murdock story, but it, it takes place in California, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, for one, it puts a hero sort of way out of reach of all the other ones that all live in New York City, I think. Yeah. And that's that, that's like still true to some degree in Marvel. Like New York is still like the the nexus of activity and the, you know, the West Coast always seems a little bit like an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like, and we just get different colors, a different, you know, we get that California vibe, that 1980s California vibe. Come yes. on down to Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I believe, I, I, I haven't looked into this, I'm, I'm speaking out of my ass a teeny bit, but I believe She-Hulk was born out of Stan Lee's paranoia that another comics company was going to see Hulk and the success of Hulk and go, wait a minute, we can do a lady Hulk. And <laughs> I, I believe this is a Captain Marvel scenario where he's just trying to jump on top of a character concept so no one else does it. Yeah, this feels this feels like it it has all of the quality you would expect from such a tactic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't I don't enjoy this first issue very much specifically because <laughs> the, the 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 whole thing with Bruce being like, oh, man, you know, what it'd be nice is if I had someone to talk to about Hulk. Hey, I remember I have a cousin. I'll go talk yeah. to her. And she's like, wow, Doc, I haven't seen you in literal years, like years and years. And, and they she talk calls about him how Doc close like Bugs they Bunny. used to be. <laughs> how we were like brother and sister. Mm. Now they, now we were so close. We were. It was like it was like we're brother and sister, but not blood. So we can do whatever we want, <laughs> even though we're like brother and sister. Uh, they're very touchy. And then she gets shot because she's working on this mobster case. And then Bruce Banner, smartest man alive, thinks it's a great idea to give her a bunch of his blood and turns her into She Hulk. Yeah. Also, like, like we were just. I don't know about you guys, but I don't know my cousin's blood types. And no. 
he's like, but, yeah, Bruce we, were, we were as close as blood, brother and sister. And then he goes, I still remember her blood type. Same as mine. <laughs> Whisper your blood type. <laughs> Such a Stan Lee moment. Quietly yeah. whisper your blood type to me. Oh, nasty pillow talk. Oh, I love it. Listen, I have a I have a confession. I only took mm. one note. I only took one sentence of notes for both of these comics. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, And it's this first one. It's whenever she gets shot in the back because yeah. that whole page is she gets shot and and Bruce Banner reaches down and grabs a hose and just starts squirting the criminal in the face. Oh, like yeah, he does. He, he literally does. And he's like, this is just like the police I see on TV, which is fucked up. <laughs> yeah fuck because when the police do the it they're doing it to you know uh protesters at ohio state yes yes <laughs> uh Another another angle on this and, and why maybe Stan felt like now was the time to really jump on this trademark or whatever is because if you remember, Shane, that TV show we watched, yep. the Incredible Hulk live action show is very popular. It's so popular. Like it's maybe the most popular that Hulk has ever been, has ever been. Right. Yeah, I mean, like it, it's sure. penetrated popular culture in a way that the comics never did because they've been bad. And also, you know, it's it's got a, a face. It's a live action thing. And so uh, that they also reference that show in the very first page of this comic, like the the text box of narration says, as Bruce is walking up to go meet Jen, he, he it says, call him David or Bruce or Bob. What does it matter? Uh, because David is who they re, they they renamed Bruce Banner to David Banner in the live action TV show because <laughs> because. Because the network thought Bruce was a gay name. <laughs> <laughs> That's still one of my favorite pieces of trivia about Hulk. <laughs> I anyway. wish there was somebody like in that room named Bruce that they were talking. Like we can't. <laughs> He's just this sweating is... bullets. He is just sitting there sweating so hard and white knuckling on his chair being like, fuck, fuck, they don't know my first name. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so the I guess the quality that I can see coming out of this at some point in the future, because to reiterate, these were trash. Yeah, I liked that she immediately has more command over her transformation. She's more lucid while she's transformed. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have any of that inner conflict. I mean, the conflict that I love with 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 Hulk, but. I don't think I needed a second character with all that baggage, all that exact right. same duplicate baggage. So they made some smart choices in not carbon copying Bruce Banner. Although, again, the sort of high profile attorney slash superhero is not. I mean, on one hand, should you be able you should probably be allowed to have two comics about about lawyers, but it feels I don't know too too just yeah. taken from Daredevil. And and you can tell later on. I mean, I haven't read a ton of later Daredevil or She-Hulk. I mean, I've never read any solo She-Hulk stuff. I've just read stuff she's shown up in. But you can tell that Marvel is grappling with that problem later on of like, man, how can we differentiate these two? And they they end up making Jennifer more of a high profile case lawyer. Like she does the big superhero cases. She does the celebrity cases. And Murdoch is very much still like a street level justice. Kind sure. Of guy. Well, the thing that's annoying, though, is that like Murdoch is sort of very 
tortured by his contradictory lifestyles, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. and they and they and they frequently bleed into each other in in unfortunate ways. Uh, Jennifer really didn't seem that. Uh, worried about turning herself in for all the destruction she did as she <laughs> pretty, pretty yeah. fine with it. Like, I'm a Hulk. Yeah. What's she going to do? Hulk's going to Hulk. I'm going to go to jail for that now? Uh, I guess another reason I threw in that second issue is because in issue one, she barely does any lawyering. And I saw the description of issue two, and it actually had her kind of doing more of her, like, does job though, and i was like i want to see her do her job the the legal drama in a in a 80s marvel comic is <laughs> expectedly it performs as expected it's it's are you gonna it, tell me you weren't in love with the prosecutor with the blue sunglasses who only speaks in football <laughs> metaphors uh, i like him he's a sort of a <laughs> he's the sort of california spin on a folksy southern you know matlock type yeah Single female lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I I I am not surprised this became a, a fan favorite much later. Yeah, you know when it when it gestates and figures out what it is and all that. Right, you're 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 a bit hamstrung when uh, the person firing the starter pistol is Stanley, who I think is good in the 60s and out of touch in the 80s. Like, I think the medium has already progressed past his particular skill set, and yet he's still coming back in to be like, but I get to write issue one. And <laughs> you, can, you can almost feel everyone at Marvel go like, okay, Stan, you you got it. <laughs> uh, but it is, yeah, that's She-Hulk. I just wanted to peek at her, you know? Like, I like to see the uh, the the... The first appearances of of the high profile heroes. And plus, we are getting uh, a Disney Plus show that they just dropped like a little teaser for the other day uh, with. Uh, I don't know how you say her name. Tatiana Maslany Maslany. I don't know how you say her last name, but she's great. She's like the lead actor in Orphan Black, if you ever saw that. Oh, right. And she's going to be playing Jennifer. And I'm very excited about that. You know, this is this is a. a... Well, I guess it's, it is a sequitur in that we're talking about these new Disney Plus shows. Uh, <laughs> the girl from Hawkeye, I had no idea, was the little girl from True Grit. Yes, yes, absolutely. Which is cool because she was great in True Grit. She's so good in True Grit. Fuck. Yeah, no, I'm hyped for the Hawkeye show. It probably won't be as good as I want it to be, but you know, as long as they're as long as they're in, in the spirit of that Matt Fraction run that they're clearly evoking, I'm I'm going to be there for it. It'll be fun. It looks like it'll be fun. It's it doesn't look like it's maybe going for that same gravitas of a Falcon and mm-hmm. Winter Soldier. It's kind of a fun. It's kind of doing a Christmas movie, right? Like a Die Hard. Yeah, I'm very into it. Uh, I apologize. I'm going to apologize right now up front. Um, this one completely slipped past me that Daredevil okay. issue 162 was not going to be Frank Miller or the usual writer. This was like a was weird so, fill in issue. It, it, yeah, it, it's it's completely nothing. It's 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 almost I almost don't want to even give it the the <laughs> the honor of speaking about it. And I, and I think I won't. But I'll okay. say I'm curious if they just did this thing so everybody could take like a Thanksgiving break or something. <laughs> it kind of feels like that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, it does. <laughs> it's 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 absolute nothing. And and the little tiny bit that they try to jam in there really makes no sense. 
uh, he gets, he gets, oh, fuck, we'll talk about it. We'll fucking talk about it. Yeah, just for a <laughs> second, just he, for he a goes, second, please. He goes into, <laughs> Daredevil shows up at this, at this uh, laboratory where there's some sort of core meltdown. And he, he, um, you know, finger studies the, the blueprints so that he can go <laughs> into the core reactor where nothing bad ever happens. Just getting bombarded with radiation. And it steals his memories. And he... <laughs> makes literally no attempt to figure out why that is, who he is. It's it's very odd. He's like, I have no memories. Well, okay. <laughs> then he just gets led by the nose into becoming a prize fighter, and he's there for weeks. Yeah, he just I- never questions it the entire time. Um, <laughs> or looks in, looks in his wallet? I don't know. Yeah, no kidding. Wait, but that, that, I thought that the prize fighter thing was at least a novel explanation for like, well, if he didn't carry his Matt Murdock wallet with him while he's daredeviling, I can believe that. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't believe how completely chill he was with having no memory. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but then getting into the prize fighter thing allowed him to just have this immediate cash purse to start spending and not need not need to figure out who he is and where his yeah. bed is. I still don't like the premise and how we had to make these it's hoops. It's so jump bad. Through. It's so fucking bad. And I really do. I'm not sure if the people. This had to come out because people took a vacation, right? Like in some form. There's no possible other explanation unless Frank Miller was like, I'm not done. Sorry. Somebody else do. (laughs) Like, it's not done. Yeah. (laughs) What are you going to do? My my art is not done. (laughs) (laughs) Scream at at me through your Spider-Man mask all you want, Stan. (laughs) It ain't done. So, but they, but this, the next one didn't come out until March, though. Right. Well, they they have been uh, this. This is every other month right now. Oh, oh, yeah, fired. Dare, Dare, Daredevil no. is not not coming out monthly right now. Oh, no, bitch fired. Like, <laughs> you, you, no, no, no. You already had two months. What are you doing? <laughs> He's Frank Miller, man. What are you going to do? I'm going to fire uh, him still. <laughs> so I want to say I want to I want to say the one thing, the one thing I would like to talk about with this issue, just very briefly to mention and move on. Is that the the guy running the prize fighting ring or whatever is a man named Mr. Heil, and he's very intense. He has a jungle cat pet that he likes to sick on people. And at, near the end of the issue, he pulls a knife out to fight, and then it turns out his knife is kind of a gun that shoots knife tips. <laughs> his knife shoots the knife tip at someone, and it still has a knife tip underneath. And I don't know. That's that's like that's why it feels like such a weird throwback. It's it feels exactly like a dumb 60s comic book that is now in 1980. And I I hated it. Uh, The other issue, though, is much more interesting, if if not a little bit throwaway uh, with with um, Daredevil and Hulk. And he is the Hulk has kind of shown up in town again. And Daredevil's trying to calm him down because him and Banner are friends. Apparently, he defended Hulk in court at one point, which seems like it would have been fun. <laughs> and, you know, I think people know he's Bruce Banner because he's like a fugitive on the run as Bruce yes. Banner. Yes, that's definitely true. So, yeah, I guess it's it's a pretty it's a pretty by the numbers sort of like Hulk rampaging. Let's go stop him type story. It had it had a few nice moments. I really enjoyed a sequence where Bruce is just trying to get out of town Uh and he's on the subway and the people on the subway suck so bad. It starts to t- make him Hulk out. And I was like, I feel you, man. Public transportation people <laughs> suck so bad. <laughs> they make me Hulk out, too. 
is already a problem in the 80s. <laughs> I don't know. Any, anything about this other, other than that it was a thing? Nah, not really. I mean, it wasn't bad, but I agree. It's uh, fairly stakesless. It's just Daredevil and Hulk running around talking to each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the one continuity thing is that, as we've been seeing over the last several issues. Oh, yeah, we uh, get the very end. At the very end, there's, yeah, there's the thing. Ben Yurik. His girlfriend really fucks up. Oh my god! Yeah, this is Fucking... this is a great A blunder. This is this is why you this is why Superman didn't date for so long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Murdoch's girlfriend Heather. Uh, well, I guess not really girlfriend anymore since she's dating some new hunk named Rico, uh, who's into disco and knows all the moves. But she sees them fighting Hulk and Daredevil, and she yells out, "Matt!" In a in a yeah, in a crowd surrounded by like reporters. Although <laughs> I, I do think it's odd. She a random woman says Matt, and this reporter's like, "That's Matt Murdock's girlfriend. Why is she saying Matt?" Well, that's the name of her boyfriend. Why? Uh, but we're, we're we're by Daredevil and Hulk, so obviously it's a it's a bit of a reach on his part. I feel to not only know who Matt Murdock is and who is and who he's. Well, you know, no, paramours no, are, but no, because because uh, Ben because Ben's been investigating Murdoch over the last several issues. Oh, that's right. I didn't realize ben, that was yeah. him. I, it sort of looked like a random bystander was like kind of being too <laughs> observant. Yeah, no, 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 not quite. Yeah, this is Ben Yurick, and he's like finally like, oh man, this is like the missing clinching piece of the puzzle I needed. That like I've always felt like something weird was going on with Matt and Daredevil, and here we go. And then he's writing the expose at the end that, I don't know, presumably it doesn't end up making it to print, but uh, he is writing it right now. So I know we all want to talk about X-Men. These three X-Men issues slapped so hard. They're so good. They're so good. It was like, it was crazy how much like X-Men was like, it's the 80s. It's time to put <laughs> everything to, to shame. Yeah. <laughs> It's they literally flipped a switch. They yeah. they they turned it to eleven. Ugh. God, these are good. Cause not only do we get the introduction of Kitty Pride and Dazzler, but we also get Rory's favorite, Emma Frost. Yeah, we do get Emma Frost, although she's sort of a boilerplate mystique type baddie uh at this point in the story. Sure. You know what I realized reading these for the first time, these particular issues? Um did you did you get a strong like um, X Men Evolution vibe? I mean, obviously X Men Evolution is the is the much later, but I I think that they sort of used this model of this yeah uh, of these issues for for that show where there's like new teens showing up and there's like a competing school yeah competing now. academies yeah 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 no I totally agree with you on that. Uh, God, X Men Evolution was a good show. We haven't used Cerebro up to this point for for what it now for like as of right now sort of becomes its sort of go to use. But it really hasn't been scanning. I mean, I guess nominally it scans for new mutants. Mm -hmm. Professor X uses it to keep tabs on what mutants are out there and what they're up to. But like it hasn't been used as this like somebody's about to have a big whoopsie at school and we got to get there. <laughs> Yeah. In case in case their face melts off. <laughs> yeah. No, I I love it. I love it so much. Uh it's also like there's a little bit of uh of drama cuz Professor X is back and and Scott's been getting used to leading the whole X-Men on his own and now Professor X is like, "No, the way you do things is dumb, you stupid child." <laughs> I liked it. I liked it a lot too because he he was almost 
he was so mean that I was almost worried this was going to be another Professor X doppelganger situation. Same, same. But it's to me because Professor X is I mean, he's a pretty good dude, all things considered. But there are long periods of time they treat him like Jesus in a wheelchair. And it's fun to see that he's got, you know, got some shitty, got some (laughs) shitty personality traits. Mm hmm. Not wheelchair Jesus. <laughs> Hot Wheels Jesus? Hot Wheels Jesus! Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say this really quick because I was really, really pleased. Banshee's gone. Banshee stayed back on Mirror Island with, uh, with fucking Moira, and it so was... Sean is gone. Listen, at, and on one hand, yes, it's very exciting that Sean is out of here because he's <laughs> trash and poop and garbage, but... <laughs> But no one is around to save the day every other comic now. It's true. They're they, use him, they use him all the time to, to just like win. Well, I thought <laughs> yeah. it was weird when they got rid of his powers because he used them too hard and then his voice has been too sore to scream. <laughs> and it's been like eight issues of him coming along on the fighting missions, but being useless and going, damn, I wish I could scream. I thought that was really crazy that they kept him tagging along for as long as they did before finally getting rid of him, because it was clear that's what they were going to do. Maybe it was like a weird trade that they had to make where they were like, "Okay, so Stan wants to write the first episode of She-Hulk, but we're going to get rid of Sean. (laughs) I find it interesting because I don't know if he's had more page time in something else that we're not reading, but I I think Mm. I would have thought we would have read it, but. Jamie Madrox is really being treated like a character we're supposed to know about in a meaningful way. Oh, yeah. You know, I think it's Fantastic Four. I think he showed up in Fantastic. Hmm. Okay. So I don't I don't know because, yeah, he just showed up and it's like, well, I am the multiple man. And it's like, you know, I guess I'll take your word for it. We haven't seen you do shit in these in X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> we saw multiple multiply once but for the most part no and but i'm in, it's intriguing to me because he's he acts like a full-fledged superhero he's got kind of the sort of that green sort of multiple man suit on mm-hmm. and it's interesting that with no context given to us why he won't be an x-man he's just like nah not my style bro <laughs> <laughs> like, well but being able to duplicate infinitely is one of the good ones we- it would really be pretty cool if you came, though. <laughs> I'm just not feeling it, you know? It's it's not my vibe. <laughs> Doesn't one of the aliens on Ben 10 do that? I'm not going to tell you that I've watched Ben 10. <laughs> Doesn't that... Ben 10 multiply? Doesn't he 10 Bens? <laughs> I always He's, thought there were the 10. Whole, the was... whole premise of the show is not that there's 10 of them, Rory. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I thought it was. I don't know why he's 10, though. Hmm. Look, I've never watched Ben 10. Not That's a single time. It's so no, good. I think it's fine. I think there's I think it turned into like a fucking one piece with how many episodes of Ben 10 they started making that go nowhere. That's the vibe I get. Uh, also, it's for babies and you're a baby now, Shane. Uh, baby. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Six hours of Ben 10 to watch tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have a, a cartoon podcast, Andy. So it sounds to me like you were projecting. Yeah, but it's very adult, and it's for very discerning adults. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the thing that I thought was the the funniest about the the setup uh, with with 
Professor X is that at one point he seems to piss off Wolverine somehow. Like he's given too many notes to Wolverine on how he kills things. And Wolverine storms out. And we see Professor X just sort of go like, well, notify Wolverine that his childish outburst will cost him 10 demerits. Like there's some sort of weird point system that he's doing. I don't think we've ever seen that before. Like he's grading them like it is a school. We haven't, but but Scott does explain it well enough. He's like, you can't give a grown up demerits. You know, yeah. the last time you had new recruits, they were 12 year olds and you could you could scold them like that. Like this is a real team of grown ups who've been doing this shit without you. And now you're trying to send us back to middle school and it's not going to fly. <laughs> also, Wolverine's 10 times older than you. No shit. Ugh. I suppose not 10. He's not 700 or however old <laughs> Professor X is. Right. Maybe he is 10 times yeah. older. So the, the main issues that we show that, that like show up are that uh, Dazzler and Kitty Pride are who we detect on the Cerebro. And we sort of split the team into two to go like you know, intercept and, and handle those those uh, mutant powers. And at the same time, we learn that the Hellfire Club has apparently like been keeping tabs on their Cerebro device and also sees what they see and is going to get there first. And that's sort of the that's the drama, right? Which is which is we've talked about on Saturday morning, Tuesdays a little bit, this sort of magical villain camera that <laughs> they sort of unex <laughs> they just got tapped into everybody else's information and can always yeah it's pretty silly but they are the hellfire club so you know they're doing shit like that spending wild amounts of money to have access to shit yeah they're all rich as fuck it's like a gentleman's club except then there's also emma and it's run by sebastian shaw who just looks kind of like a beardy old dude um, at the moment, I, and Emma is also a telepath, which is spooky. And then I guess is Jason Weingard also also a telepath? Is that how he's fucking with uh, with Jean and giving her these weird visions? Yeah, that's how he's fucking with Jean yeah, like and it. sort of. And I'm really enjoying this. His sort of like slow game with Jean, just like slowly yeah. messing with her brain and letting her get more comfortable with mean thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> Just such gaslighting. And and it goes so far that in this issue uh, or in one of these issues, he takes he he takes her to the sort of like Victorian time visions and they get married in the vision and they kiss. And when she snaps out of it, she's kissing the real Jason. And Scott's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> He's not even phased by it. He's like, hmm, that doesn't seem like Gene. Gene's acting kind of weird. <laughs> before we leave the disco we have to talk about jeans uh scott tells gene to scan the room for uh you know for what's for for dazzler for this character yeah. that we're looking for and she's like oh everybody here is so gross i love it <laughs> yeah. she really basically does say that yeah i love that disco setting too it's nice and like weird back alley grungy and Dazzler, I mean, we should talk about this cover, right? The cover for issue 130. It is amazing. This like it's, image of Dazzler. Fuck. It's like a gay sexual awakening. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at this cover, you know you're gay if you're gay. <laughs> I have to go double check it out. It's so good. She's. It's Dazzler swinging around her microphone in her 
skin tight silver suit with her disco ball necklace and her disco ball shoes. And the word X-Men is covered with marquee lights and everyone around her is blinded just by the sheer brilliance of everything going on. And she's just being she's just like standing there and she's like, fuck, fuck, yeah. The whole cover is like plastered with little balls of light. It's (sighs) just starbursts. It's so dope. It's so dope. And it's so incredibly 80s. It's glam as shit. Uh, so other than Dazzler, the we we also have the 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 team the B team, right? Uh, well, I guess they're they're the A team if you like Xavier. Xavier and the newer X Men are uh, are tasked with going to meet with Kitty, whose parents are splitting up, and she's uh, she says she's like thirteen and a half, uh, so she's really young and she doesn't really know how to deal with it, and she's got these horrible headaches. And the first visitor there is Emma Frost sort of being like, we've got a really dope school you should send Kitty to. And then Xavier shows up and is like, well, I've got a really dope school. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we heard this one before, but we'll listen to you, too. And (laughs) they take Kitty to the malt shop to hang like like (laughs) bros. Like, see, we can hang like cool kids. But they do they do end up making friends with her. Aurora hits her with, or it's, it's actually inner monologue. It's not real talk, but it is real talk to the reader. Because mm. Aurora was sitting there trying to recruit Kitty and being like, this is such a great opportunity. It's going to be so cool. I wish I wish somebody had been there like this for me when I was your age. And then we cut to her thought bubbles, which was, I was mm-hmm. walking barefoot across the Sudan at that point <laughs> in my life. <laughs> it's like, Jesus. I know. <laughs> so fucking real for a thought bubble in a malt shop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh this is this is around the time that both of these uh these meetings get attacked by the Hellfire Club's like pink robot goons. I think they're just suits, but they look like big pink robots. Yeah, there's dudes in there. And th- this is clearly some sort of oddly thought out part of their concept. So they're on one hand, they're these sort of like shitty knockoff sentinels right where they have mm-hmm. they're like pro they've got like special tools to defeat special mutants but then the weird thing because they're doing the whole like mutant racism thing right Call- calling them muties and all that they mm-hmm. work for the hellfire club yeah they're not anti-mutant psychos i mean maybe they are maybe the hellfire clubs but you would think usually magneto you know ices those people <laughs> he's got he's got no patience for that for that business so we'll see. I think it's just kind of Claremont hasn't figured out what he's doing with these baddies yet. I agree. And yeah. I don't know that he's revealed any of them to be mutants. Yeah, I, I, I guess one team wins and one team loses is the is the upshot here. Uh, the team meeting with Kitty, the Professor X team, uh, completely gets just kidnapped by Emma Frost <laughs> uh, and taken somewhere, right? Like into some sort of stronghold. And Kitty, who has just realized her uh, mutant ability to walk through walls after having done it a couple times on accident, uh, stows away and ends up following along. And then the Scott Jean Nightcrawler crew uh, survives just fine. They they because they have Phoenix, right? I mean, they've got Phoenix, so yeah, everything's fine. And Dazzler, who is like Dazzler when when they try to recruit her, she's like, guys, I make shiny lights. I'm not an X-Men. And uh, Spends the rest of the time being a pretty competent member of the team with her I shiny know. lights. It's fun. It's fun to see that pay off. It's uh, it's always nice. They they sort of, they sort of uh, will continue to replicate that mold in, in X Men going further, where 
some mutant has a very specific, very sort of unhelpful power Mm -hmm. and get a chance to sort of be the be Captain America for the day. Yeah. I also really like the narration when she is using her powers, because at one point it says she creates a light show so intense and beautiful that the guards minds can't cope with it. In other words, they're dazzled. (laughs) (laughs) It's turning the frogs gay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, I I uh, I guess I mean, the rest of this is like there's an infiltration to go save the the captured X-Men. Uh, Aurora gives Kitty a phone number to call and she reaches Nightcrawler and is like, they're captured. You got to come. And they sort of Trojan horse themselves in there. Yeah, this is it, talking about this is like, I mean, I guess technically the last one was the first 1980s one. Mm-hmm. But between the cover of this, the sort of like what's going on in this issue and then Scott driving around in a Rolls Royce with a car phone. How fucking 80s is this issue? Yes. Yes. So good. <laughs> God, it's so incredible. And uh, yeah, Gene Gene beats the shit out of Emma Frost because Phoenix is not to be trifled with. And I'm going to say the art for her, the art of Gene has been really nicely transforming over the last like 10, 20 issues. Right. When she goes hard, she has slowly been getting more and more scary. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that. And in this like most in this final issue that we read, 131, she makes a pretty scary face as she's like overpowering this other telepath and it was it was it was unsettling i will say and obviously that's where we're headed but like it's effective to me good and the way that we see her casually use her powers on on kitty's dad to just be like nah you're cool with us taking kitty and he's like i'm totally cool with you taking kitty (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah aurora and scott are like did she just that's a fucking yikes dude that's a big yikes you can't do that and that's that's sort of where we leave off. It's very, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hate it. And I love it. Any other final thoughts? I mean, personally, I have nothing. I mean, I want to, I don't want to just info dump stuff that I know to be coming, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and in context that I have that I don't believe you guys need to have a better appreciation for what was seen or what was read today. Right. Right. So I think I'll just keep my trap shut. Uh, unless right. anybody's got questions. Like. Feel free to ask them. No, I don't think so. I think I'll yeah, let, I, I, I didn't I'm, think it, it all felt pretty straightforward. Yeah. And I'm, I'm content to let the, the comic answer it since I know we are sticking with this for a while and we'll eventually get the answers I want. So, yeah, I'm excited to learn through reading. <laughs> you, yeah, you're, you're exactly. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what a model student, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> you're what every teacher wants to hear. <laughs> just a little Shane walking in going I'm excited to learn through reading <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish all those they could all be like you little Shane yeah uh, and let's do something that that tiny sixth grade Shane would never do well he might I don't know how much of a how much of a nasty boy you were but let's do that fuck my kill hello hello and welcome welcome to this week's Fuck, Mary kill. Where we have one in the gun, one in the bum, and one who is the one. And I will tell you that sixth grade Shane probably would have played this game. I think that's real. <laughs> sixth grade is 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 late enough sixth, where you, yeah, you know, yeah. nasty that's nasty like, kids on the playground. You know, that's what like eleven. Yeah, 12. it's eleven. Yeah. See, yeah. 
Um, <clears throat> all right, listen, I have to, I have to preface this. Today's Fuck, Mary Kill is very special. It is something we've never done before, but I need you both to be adults about it. Whoa, okay. <laughs> I need you... I need we'll you have to a somber con- Fuck, Mary Kill this week. I need you to contain <laughs> your emotions because for the first time ever in the history of our podcast over the last year or so... We have three women on this on this list. Oh my god. Shane, this what are you is... gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a, I have my fuck and my Mary and my kill. Oh, um, all right. All right. So just to start us off strong, first off, we're talking about Phoenix. Okay. Phoenix yeah. is on this list. All right. All right. After that, we have the white queen herself, Emma Frost. We're playing oh, no. my fucking game. We're dancing my <laughs> okay. dance. Okay. All right. And then last and absolutely not least is the dazzler thought it might be although i thought you might throw us a little like she little hulk col- or something no i thought maybe you'd be a colossus you'd be a monster and throw kitty pride in there oh no absolutely <laughs> not it's it's fun right now and the, we didn't talk about it actually but oh yeah i liked i like that she's got a big crush on the giant man of steel i really wish they don't start blasting later but yeah uh, on this on the page now in the context of this it was yeah. cute. Yeah, and it's it was like, cute. It's, it's not like a ton on the page, right? Like you can tell she's like, oh man, hey. Uh, but like, it's not like super obvious. But of course, I think probably we all know that her and Colossus end up together later in the in the canon. Um, and so like knowing that, I was reading it like that. And God, a couple of these panels, he's so much bigger than her that I was like, <laughs> oof, <laughs> oof, my guy. It's You're like 19 it's and cringy. she's like 13. Oof. She loves she loves that proletarian ass. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for this week's fuck Mary Kill, I think it's very interesting because I don't think I could answer it honestly without just sort of info dumping all of the reasons my opinion's different than what we've experienced on the yeah, page. Live your truth. Live your truth. No, live I'm not going to. I, I don't want to live my truth. I don't think it's fair. And I don't think I want to. I, I don't. Well, I guess it's fair. Most of our readers know that Phoenix turns out to be a bad guy. Well, right. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you, you're you allowed to fuck a bad guy. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, if you were to turn that part of your brain off and only go off of what we read, she's hot, she's cool, right? Yeah. You know, no no real downside. Well, yeah, until yeah. now, which now she's erasing memories. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. means every time is like the first time. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Canonically the best sex you ever had. Yeah. <laughs> It's never better than your first, as I always said. (laughs) (laughs) It's just downhill from here, my dude. (laughs) No, uh, I, I, here, I'll, I'll, I'll get a couple thoughts out. So my, my first thought here is, uh, the Dazzler is, she is, she seems really fun and super chill, and she's clearly badass and clearly can handle herself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she's, she's marriage, marriage material. material. Okay, yes. okay, wait, wait. I counter your she's marriage material with how many Instagram photos do you have to take of this person every day while you're married to her? Uh, if you're trying to escape, uh, let's say, very vain X-Men, uh, you're not really... This is this is a lose 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 situation. You're taking you're taking Insta photos any way you cut it. It's true. <laughs> Emma Frost wears a bikini in February. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like February is prime bikini wearing season though. 
Yeah, it, it, yeah, you'll catch everyone unawares. Nobody suspects it. Yeah, exactly. I'm Marion Dazzler for sure, and I will honestly. I'm terrified of Phoenix, and I'm with my knowledge that Emma kind of becomes less evil and more complex as time goes along. I think I'll opt for fuck Emma and kill Phoenix because again, Phoenix terrifies me. The thing about Dazzler, and I and I think it's present here. Uh, she's a bit of a flake. Yes, bit of a bit of a march by the beat of her own drum. That would be the the sort of counter to her being marriage material. I think is that she's uh, she's gonna leave you for sure. For those dirty disco people. For those dirty <laughs> disco freaks. <laughs> She's going to leave uh, you behind for all of her dirty disco boys. Oh, man. Uh, but you know, you know, here's another thought. This this would be one of the last moments to have an uncomplicated one night relationship with Jean Grey and not have that go real fucking sideways. I, yeah, you know what? <laughs> I, I understand where you're coming from with that. <laughs> <laughs> there is there is validity in that statement. It hasn't swayed me, but I feel that. I feel no, that. Yeah. Well, it just depends. Because I don't know that... I, I mean, it, I'm marrying Emma Frost. I got to do it. She's the one. <laughs> she's the one true. The one true uh, ex-woman. She's she's hot. She's baller. She's mean. She's at, she's just the best. Mm-hmm. And she can turn into a diamond. <laughs> 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 that's, that's fun. And you kill Dazzler. I don't know. It only because I'm I'm tempted by this this uh, temporal window to have mm-hmm. to have sex with Jean Grey uh, that will not exist again without exploding. Yeah, Ooh, I, I like calling it a temporal window. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shane, but you know, I still think I still think she might be kind of a shit like compared to Dazzler, who definitely you know wants to you know wants to have a good time. Yeah. So no, I, I think feel, I, I, feel I, I think you I think you fucked Dazzler and, and killed Jean Grey. Okay. Shane. I'm Mary Phoenix. Okay. <laughs> and tell me the, why. The, the very specific reason is <sighs> I like that she's scary and I like that I could have whatever <laughs> I wanted with her. Like if we go like you know, we go somewhere and someone cuts in front of us in line, like she just blow them up. Or she can make them, you know, forget what they're doing and leave. Like I like that. I think Listen, do I turn evil with her? Mm, no. Do, do, so he, here's the other thing. If I mean, you might, but but when she marries <laughs> Scott, he doesn't he doesn't turn evil. I I just I feel like when people get married or when people are in a, a relationship for a long time, they start to act like each other. Mm-hmm. So I'm like afraid that she's going to turn me evil. Right. Yeah. You just got to have that strength of conviction, my friend. I you got uh, to be man. you got to be your own Scott Summers, my guy. No, okay. I I marry her because I want her to wipe my my memory sometimes too. Okay, <laughs> so that is I absolutely marry her. Okay. I I think I have to kill Emma, but no, but this is the right call in X Men mythology. I, this I have to <laughs> I have to kill Emma Frost specifically because I am jealous of how good she looks. Yeah. Oh. It's not. Okay. It's not like there can only be not, one. There can only be one. It's not fair. It's funny how much of what you're talking about is going to come up in, in the comics we read. <laughs> it's just like it's not it's not fair. And then I guess I guess I have dirty disco sex with Dazzler, probably in roller skates. You do the dirty disco deed in roller skates, short shorts, and a headband. <laughs> He's a maniac, maniac. 
wet. <laughs> all right. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that's all respectable. Mm, no. I mean, it's fun. It's fun. Marrying Jean Grey is objectively the worst thing that can happen to you. <laughs> no. Oh, man. Well, you know, follow your heart or whatever. And, uh, and thank you, Shane, for another delightful fuckberry kill. Welcome, everybody, to the 1980s Reagan babies of the Reagan comics, trickle down comicomics. Commonomics, Echo Comics. That was that was ill fated. That was always going to be a bad joke. Just sort of accept what I said and move on. <laughs> and uh, thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Hey, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you want to hear more shows from us, we have two more for you. Saturday Morning Tuesdays, you guys. It's the show that started it all. Uh, You can hear me, Rory, and Andy. And we are on this journey most Tuesdays where we are looking through the weirdest and wildest, coolest and droolest uh, (laughs) cartoons, children's cartoons, adult cartoons, from all across the spectrum of time. We're going to cover your favorite show, maybe. We're going to talk about the ones you hate. Probably. (laughs) And it's a great, wonderful time. So be sure to catch that. We've also got I've Read Dune with Rory Voy. Me, Rory Voy. It's a podcast where I have read Dune, and they're my captive audience for an hour. Every Wednesday till we finish the book, we're releasing I've Read Dune with Rory Voy. Me. I've read Dune. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, if you enjoyed this show or any of our shows, really, and you want to support us, we do have a Patreon chock full of bonus content. Everything from videos to sound clips to even some fun art that I get to make for you once a month. Um, And, you know, even if you can't support us monetarily, if you don't have anything to give, we would just love it if you joined our Discord and send us memes. Um, send memes to us all day long. Keep us awake all night long with your memes. We love memes. We consume them. Just ruin us with your memes. <laughs> Please ruin us with your memes. As always, our links are in the episode description. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks, everybody. Laters. Laters.